Beloved, you are listening to Grace Life Komi Podcast, a platform commissioned by God to raise men into completeness in Christ Jesus. We believe that you will be blessed beyond measure as you give yourself wholly to this divinely inspired teaching. Through God's servant Pastor Chimdi Ohahuna. Grace to you. Jesus is Lord. We've still been on um, his reason, so we're looking at, today we're looking at the third um, part of his reason, and we trust the Holy Spirit to grant us understanding today. And Bible, Luke chapter 24, verse 1 um, to 6, it says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and setting others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, and they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. Um, um, verse 7 says, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of the sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. It says, and they remembered his words and returned from the sepulchre and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulchre and stooping down he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed wondering himself at at that which was come to pass. Holy Spirit, grant us revelation into your world today in the name of Jesus. Amen to Jesus. Um, the last teaching, we, um, we um, understood that God actually, the resurrection was actually um, um, made manifest by God the way he made it manifest because of some people he targeted to reach. One was the soldiers, um, then was the chief priest, you know, the chief priests had known prophecy that, the, uh, the high priest, sorry, uh, they, they had known prophecy that Jesus was going to resurrect. They knew by prophecy that Jesus was to resurrect. And so they were expectant. They had expectation. And when the expectation was met, they, instead, they, they rather <laughs> turned it another way around. Praise God forevermore. And we, we looked at this category of people. And then we also saw the category of um, the, 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 the women who were um, perplexed um, and um, they, they were afraid and their heads were bowed down. And we saw that category of people. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And then um, there is another category here that we're going to be looking at. It says, um, verse, verse 11 says, And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulchre, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at 
that which had come to pass. Holy Spirit, grant us revelation into your word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, the third category of people were the 11. The Bible speaking, if you look at um, um, verse 9, it says, And this Mary Magdalene, um, Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, and Joanna, they came to the 11 and told them what they had encountered, what they had seen. The Bible speaking here says, And, and, and their words seemed to them, as idle tales. Their words seem to them like as idle tales. Now, we must understand that the people we are talking about here are not just people on the street. Are you getting what I'm saying? They are not just unbelievers. Uh, let me say what they are not just unbelievers, in quotes. Are you getting what I'm saying? They are, they, are, they are people who had followed the Lord Jesus for three and a half years. They are people who have seen miracles, signs, and wonders. They are people who have seen mighty manifestations of God's power. They are people who have seen the glory of God. They are people who have seen mind-blowing jaw-dropping miracles. There are people who have seen the acts of God in such a way that could not be explained. Are you getting what I'm saying? These are people that had been with the Lord. They had had fellowship with the Lord. As John said in John chapter 1 verse 1, he said the things that I have looked upon, our eyes have had, the things that I have seen, our, our eyes have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the world of life. These are people that they had seen, they had looked upon, and their hands had handled. They had had fellowship with him. They had had relationship with him. They had sat under his tutorship. They saw him say things that came to pass. When he stood and he caused a fig tree and he left, they were like, okay, he just said something. The next day they passed and they saw the fig tree dead. Peter said, come, this is not normal. How did it happen? And Jesus told him, come on, this is not an issue. If you declare it, it shall be established. Just speak it and it happens. They have seen strange acts. They are still mighty at all. When he healed, when he raised Jairus' daughter back to life, they say no, she was not dead. She was she had fainted or she was in a coma. So it was not actually a resurrection. Ah, when he when he raised the 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 the, the, the widow with uh, that, that that her son died in Maine, they say uh, yeah, they, they had put him in the casket, but they had not buried him. So there was still possibility that you know there are some scientific things you need to know. There's still possibility that he could have you know been in in the grave, but not. He was in the sorry, he was, he was in the coffin, but he was not in the grave yet. He was not buried. So there's a possibility that he could jab back to them and just say, No problem. To shut you guys up totally, I'm going to ensure that they bury this one this time around. And Lazarus was sick. They told him, The, the one whom thou loveth is sick. He said, No problem, let him die. They say, Why should he die? Because the first one, they said she had not died, that she was in a coma, that she was she just lost consciousness for a while. After all, somebody has been in a coma for about 20 years, so what's the big deal? People stay long in coma. What is there? If you come back from coma, it's not like you came from the dead. There's not you are you are in between death and life. You are in transition and you came back. They had many, many religious and scientific explanations for why Jesus did not raise the dead. All right, no problem. And for, 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 the, for the widow's son, they, they had their friends. So, girl said, For this one, you put said that the widow's, uh, Jairus' daughter was in a coma. Now, the widow's son, he said, He has not entered grave. They have not put him in tomb yet. So, you know, that's the problem with humanity. We always give reasons why God will not do it, or why God cannot do it. That's a problem with humanity. And Jesus said, For this one, I have to make everything concrete and everything sure. And Lazarus died, stayed in the grave four days. When he came, they said, man, this guy is thinking. He's already thinking. There's no... He assured that hope was lost. God 
there are some there are times when God comes in when hope is almost lost. And there are times when God comes in when hope is already lost. When he comes in when hope is almost lost, sometimes people don't appreciate his acts. Yeah. Jairus daughter himself he appreciated it too, but the people did not appreciate. The, the, the widow, they were, they were saying they were appreciating her, but they did not appreciate. She appreciated, but the people around did not appreciate. Although they were saying, hey, what a great prophet. They would say, oh, hey, so it's all, hey, what? You know, there's something called initial, initial response. When the thing just happens, it's like, woo, woo, wow. Then later, after a while, you start analyzing. Uh-uh. Um, see you, let's, let's really look at this thing properly. Are you sure this boy actually died? Was there, the doctor that proved him dead, did he give us a death certificate? Um, he didn't really give us a death certificate. Though. Are we sure that it was actually a resurrection? You know, you know. Let's really think of this matter well. And the Bible speaking about Jesus when he was in the house of um, 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 the man who was when he was preaching, and he brought a paralytic man, and he said, um, "Your sins are forgiven thee." And he began to moment say he knew what was in their heart. So he always knows what is in the heart of the people. So when they are doing all their mental analysis and psychological whatsoever. He knows what is there. And this time around, he said, no, I'm going to clear all their doubts. When God steps in when hope is almost lost, sometimes we do not celebrate his magnificence. We do not celebrate his great acts. But when he steps in, when hope is totally, absolutely lost and no hope for hope again, then we appreciate it. The Bible is singing about Abraham saying, against hope, he believed in hope. That's when God stepped in. When against hope, he believed in hope. God stepped in. So Jesus stepped in into Lazarus' case when hope was lost and no hope to find hope again. Hope was lost and no hope to get hope again. And then he stepped in. And that one, it was, they couldn't argue it. And now the second thing is that the Pharisees believed that after a number of days, which was about three days, a man's spirit leaves his body and he can never come back again. That was the pharisaical belief. So Jesus allowed him to stay extra time. <laughs> Just add one more day to it. <laughs> so you see, it was a serious, deliberate act. He said, what did he tell um, Peter? What did he tell his disciples? He said, I did this so that uh, you can see the glory of God. It was a show of God's glory he was after. Not to just raise Lazarus. See, there are times when God does miracles just to make us happy. And there are times when God does miracles because he wants to show off his glory. And when it's a miracle that is because of his glory, it's always a miracle when hope is lost and hope can never be found. Yeah. That's the miracle that should have the glory. And so he allowed Lazarus to stay extra time in the grave so that the pharisaical belief will be confirmed that his spirit has <laughs> departed, never to come back again. And Jesus, that meeting was a meeting to destroy ideologies, theologies, um, doctrines, beliefs. It was just an encounter that destroyed so many. That's why after he did it, they were, they were against him. They came all out against him because he destroyed so many things that day. And so this way, I'm talking about the Jesus that they met, the Jesus that they had, they, they, they followed, they walked with. They walked with. And this same Jesus told them he will die and he will resurrect after three days. And if after seeing him resurrect Lazarus, why should it be a problem for him to resurrect himself? 
Now, let me say something. They say, Physician, Jesus says, Physician, treat thyself. He says, Fear that before you do something for somebody, you should have done it for yourself. Now, if he can resurrect Lazarus, then he definitely should be able to resurrect himself. And it's, the Bible is speaking that power that raised Jesus from the dead, no, shall quit in mortal body. The Holy Ghost was one who resurrected. The Holy Ghost was one who resurrected Lazarus. Praise God forevermore. Now, so, but the Bible says here, it says, and their words seem to them as I do tales. As I do tales. So to them, this word was the word I do tales here is the word leros. 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 And leros means I do talk. It means nonsense. You can imagine people who, who worked with this great Jesus. Are you get what I'm saying? They saw the miracles, and yet he told them he would resurrect. And when they came to tell them that he had resurrected, they said they, the people were saying nonsense. I'm talking about the kind of people that you cannot explain. These are not unbelievers. They are a category in church. These are the, another category that we have to deal with, that God wanted to, uh, that God raised Jesus, the Father raised Jesus from the dead, to send a message to them. The people that have had encounters, they've seen miracles, they've seen signs and wonders, they've seen the mighty move of God, they've seen the mighty acts of God, they've seen God do mighty things. But yet, when it beats their imagination, it is nonsense to them. There's something about God that they say is nonsense. <laughs> There are acts of God that they say is nonsense. Oh, how can you say, how can you say, how can you say that money will appear in somebody's account, money that you don't work for? How can you say that angels are giving people money? My brother, it is true, I have seen in my own account. Angels have dropped money in my account. Both in my, my Naira account and in my CD account, angels have dropped. It's not theory, my brother. It's not I do sayings. It's not nonsense. But there are people that have worked with God that there is a dimension of God that they always that they take as nonsense. Are you get what I'm saying? They have served the Lord. They have seen great things. They have seen many things working with the Lord. But there is a dimension of God that is released and to them it is nonsense. This category of people are the people that see the resurrection power of God as nonsense. Yes, he heals the sick. It makes sense. Are you get what I'm saying? He raised, the, he, he, raised he opened blind eye. It makes sense. He raised the dead. He raised Lazarus from the dead. It makes sense. And what else again? He told water to wine. He makes sense. Paralyzed, paralyzed healed. He makes sense. Leper healed. He makes sense. But he resurrects. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it shows that they have come to a point in their work with God that they have placed a limit on God. There are things that God will do that will make sense to them. Yes, they don't agree. But there's an area you get to in God that they say it doesn't make sense. How can you say, how can you say God will call somebody's name, call his phone number with precision? My brother, these things, they are faking it. How can you say God, we, somebody will be at home and they say the person is not in church and he got healed at home. My brother, they are faking it. I remember when, 
I was in my house once, you know, in our family ministry location, and there's a sect, you know, that claimed to be that claimed to be Christian, and they came and they, they were evangelizing to me. And the young man in question told me, he said, as he was talking, he said, You see, some people say miracles are still happening, but miracles are not happening. I said, hey, stop there. That was the time at the ministry where miracles were bamboozling us. I remember once I was talking to a young man and I was telling miracles that were happening, he was just looking at me. I went to make photocopies of our church uh, materials. And I said, if all these miracles I'm seeing now, I just publish them, don't you know that people will start? And he said, he was looking at me, he was shocked. He was looking at the person that was talking and seeing, hearing the kind of things that were happening. He was bamboozled. And so this guy came at a wrong time. Until tomorrow, see, you cannot tell me God does not provide. You cannot tell me miracles. See, you cannot tell me. You cannot tell me. No, it's impossible to tell me that and I believe you. No, with all I've seen, with all I've seen, shut your mouth. You are no miracles. You are talking jargons. You are the one saying nonsense. And this guy said that miracles no longer happen again. I said, hey, hush. It's for that one, you are talking to the wrong person. Miracles are happening, they continue to happen. I have seen, and I will yes see. So it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's an operation of the mind that it, it can accept God to do some things, many things, but there's something that God cannot do. And I'm talking about in terms of the things that God can do. Because God cannot lie because he chose not to lie. God cannot do evil because he chose not to do evil. For all the good things that he can do, there is no good thing that he has chosen to do that he cannot do. But this, this, that, this set of people, there are people that from all the good things that God has chosen to do, there is one he cannot do. That's their mindset. And this was a category of people that God also did the resurrection for. People that say, see, everything makes sense. But this one, Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. This one, no, it doesn't make sense. That category, the resurrection was meant for them. And you see, when people have placed themselves in this category, they have placed a limit on God in their mind. They have placed, you see, another uh, explanation for um, um, Leros is incredible story. Incredible story. Come on. We are not children here. We're not, we are not, we are not children. Wait, they say we are not children. See, this is not, this is not King Gagatin. Stop telling us um, folk tales. Stop telling us that. When people have a, an operation of God that they classify as folk tales, then it's a generation of people, a set of people that have placed a limit on God. Not because God cannot do it, but because they have, they have decided what God can do and what he cannot do, even in the confines of what God can do. So they've given God the curriculum in God's curriculum. <laughs> and you know, such kind of people, God is not angry with them, but God desires them to broaden their horizon of him. Now, one of the purpose, the, the, the purpose of our experiences with the Lord is for our horizons about him to keep getting broader. One of the purpose of our process in our work with God is for our horizons about him to keep getting broader, to keep expanding. God wants to keep expanding our horizon. He wants to keep expanding our understanding of him. 
And the purpose of the resurrection was to broaden some people's horizon about God. The purpose of resurrection was to expand some people's understanding about God. And you see, what we are doing in church today, some of the times, we don't understand that some people are coming, but they are not expanding their horizon. They are not, they are not removing the limits they have placed on God. The Bible says the Jew seek a sign and the Greek seek knowledge. Now, these are the two categories of Christians we have in church. They are actually go anywhere. They are the church, church folks are divided into two kinds. The Jew kind of Christians and the Greek kind of Christians. The Jew kind of Christians, they are miracle seekers. Them, miracle, they don't care about the world. They don't care to know the Lord. All they care for is miracles. In fact, Jew kind of Christians, when the, when the, t- past, the minister of the gospel is teaching the world, they are sleeping. They are nodding. They are sleeping. But once he finishes, no matter he shouts, no matter he, uh, 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 he, he gesticulates, no matter he dances, no matter the drama he does, they are sleeping. Even if it's you know, funny enough, some Jew kind of Christians, they are mostly, they are very, very hot. There's, they, they, they are no, maybe the ventilation is not even strong, but they will, still, they will still manage to sleep like that. But once he stops preaching and he enters into prophetic, you will see the way sleep will supernaturally disappear. Or it starts in miraculous. You see the way sleep will supernaturally disappear. Those are Jew Christians. I think it was Maurice Cerullo, or who? He went to India. He said he preached for two hours. He said the poor were just sitting and listening to him. Two hours with an interpreter. That makes it, in quote, four hours. Is that not so? He could preach. Interpreter could preach. So what did he say something for one minute? <laughs> So he preached that for four hours, let's say on an average of three, three and a half hours to four hours. And they were looking at him. Oh. When he was through preaching, he made altar call. Nobody came out. Nobody. Half person did not come out. He said, this is trouble. This after, <laughs> after two hours of preaching, nobody. Ah, he said, okay, this kind go ahead not except by what? Miracles. And instantly, oh yeah, if you are blind, yeah, come out. Put your hand on your eye. If you are lame, if you are deaf, oh yeah, as he prayed for the sick, blind eyes started popping up. Boop, boop, boop. Blind eyes were opening. Deaf ears were stopped. Um, dumb tongues were losing. Hey, lame started walking. As people were saying, he said, people, when the miracle said it happened, people started climbing on the fence to come and see what was happening. Before, nobody was on the fence. This time around, people started climbing on the fence. Eh? Man, there's some drama happening here, bro. Come on, come see, come see, come see. He said, as the miracles were happening, everywhere was in chaos, pandemonium. Instantly, he used that quick opportunity. He did the dark. He said, come and see crowd running out to come and get their life. Now, I'm talking about unbelievers here. Are you get what I'm saying? But even in the church, there are people who, until they see a physical manifestation of God, they can't have anything to do with the Lord. They have placed a limit on God to act. It reminds me of a story I heard about a particular man of God. He went to, um, um, to minister in a particular country, and then um, one of his mentors was also ministering in the country, and said, okay, let me, go, let me go join my mentor's um, meeting this evening before I start my own meeting. And after he finished, after the mentor finished um, preaching, he started calling for, raising, trying to raise funds. And it's a country where 
the accounting profession originated from. Their, their hands are eradicable, very eradicable. What my people would call akagom, you know. So instead of trying raising funds, small money were raising. Nobody came out. Nobody came out. Nobody. If we call and call, if we call, nobody. Nobody raised up and nobody raised up like nobody came out. Then the, the man of God went to meet his mentor. He said, he told him, Papa, give me this microphone. He said, No, don't worry, relax. It's my meeting. You came to be blessed. Just don't, don't stress yourself. I'm the one that's to stress. Say, Papa, give me this mic. Give me this mic, Papa, I beg you. And then he said, Okay, no problem. I'll give it. Say, My son is coming out now. Don't worry. You will see what the. You will see. You will see my son is coming. He gave the guy the mic. He just worshipped a little. I said, Worship. Um, the, who is so, 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 so person? You live at so, 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 so place. This is what you do. By the time he gave history, that one ran out, confused. Hey, 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 hey. He called on that case again, on that case again, on that case. I tell you, when he called the cases, when he called that many cases, man, he started asking for thousands. <laughs> People were bringing out the money. They're not believers here, they were Christians. But they have placed a limit on God. And until I see something, I can't, I can't give. Why you have those who are, see all these acts, all these things they are doing, they are for children, they are for children. Just come and be calling people's case and uh, or just, just come and only miracle, try the whole service, just doing miracles. Take us to the world, take us to the world. Let us get the exigences, let us get the depth of God's word. You know, let us go into the Greek and, you know, the Hebrew. Let's go into the Arabic and Latin, you know. And they just stay on the world only, and they don't even want to go into the what? The acts. So they have also placed a what? A limit on God. And those people, the, the Greek, the Jew Christian, see the world as, as nonsense, as leros, as I do talk. That's why they will sleep on the world. After they sleep, when the teaching is going on, they will sleep. Because with them, it's idle talk. Oh, pastor is wasting our time. Pastor is wasting our time. They're looking at time. How can somebody be preaching for two hours? What is the matter? What is what? What is it? See, in see, let me tell you, in motivation. Ah, are we in service or are we in Bible school? In service, we came, we came, we came for. Why are you turning to Bible school? If you want to do Bible school, do Bible school. We we know that we will not come for Bible school. We we'll come for service. What's the problem? Ah. Moreover, I don't you know that according to psychology and uh, medicine and, um, and motivational speaking, uh, a person's brain is only receptive for the first 20 minutes. After 20 minutes, everything you are saying is not receiving again. So how can you be taking up our time for the one hour, two hours, when we are not receiving anything again? You don't know. <laughs> you are pouring our brain. You are pouring our brain. So it's idle talk. Are you get what I'm saying? But for the one, the one that seeks knowledge, Oh, come on. How can you be just, you just use th three hours to be calling people's um, cases and then the miraculous, you use three hours for the miraculous. Ah, ah, come on. Let's grow in the world. Let's grow. This is, you are wasting the time of the people. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, both categories, God targeted the resurrection. For those who see the power of God, the testimony of the power of God as I do talk. Every manifestation of God is his manifestation. Whether in word or in act. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
whether in words or in acts, every manifestation of God is his manifestation. Yes. No manifestation is idle talk. But when a people decide to make a manifestation of God idle talk, then these people have placed a limit on God. And this is one of the challenges that we are having in the church today. I was saying something a while ago. I said, you don't balance extreme with extreme. Are you getting what I'm saying? You don't balance extreme with extreme. You balance extreme with balance. One of the challenges I've seen with the church of Jesus today is, not today, it's been since when I was in the university, uh, back then in the university days. It was then I wrote the vision that God, you know, gave to me. Raising men to completeness in God, you know, and uh, the, the, the ministry of balancing the sense and every of that, I wrote it down. The one of the reasons was that I saw that the church has been suffering from extreme. Extremes. I know when one extreme is at work, when another extreme comes to balance, they now take the people to another extreme. I, I get what I'm saying. One extreme is at work. The people come to, to, to try to create a solution. Instead of balancing it, they create another problem. You see, um, the, 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 the teaching of um, financial prosperity was misunderstood by Christians and it now brought about, it was misunderstood by Christians, misinterpreted by the, the, the spirit called Mammon and embedded materialism in Christians. I get what I'm saying. This is what actually happened. It was misunderstood because it was misinterpreted. Financial prosperity was misinterpreted by the, by the God called Mammon, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the child of God for when called Mammon. And because of this misinterpretation, Christians misunderstood it and they became materialistic. I get what I'm saying. Now, some folks have come to try to solve the problem of materialism. And instead of solving the problem, they are creating another extreme problem. Now, we must understand something, that God is not against finances. Are you getting me? He will never be against finances. They say the silver and the gold are mine, said the Lord. In the book of Haggai, it says, I, 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 I will shake the heavens and shake the earth and cause the wealth of all nations to come unto thee. God, needs, God infuses resources, finances, into the gospel. The gospel needs money, no matter how you talk it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. But God is against materialism. So God wants us to have money, but doesn't want money to have us. Now, it's appalling when you have so much money as a minister of the gospel, and you don't know what to use money for again. Like Dr. Yongichov, the brother Momori said, he went to a pastor's house and saw that the pastor bought a golden chandelier for his dogs. In the dog's house, there was a golden chandelier. Dog's house. And he's like, hey, man of God, these are people's offering, oh, you are doing like this. And he said the man's church had widows, you know, and people of those caliber. And you take the resources that they are bringing in for the furtherance of the gospel, easy to do what? You don't know what to do again with the money. Easy to buy gold chandelier for your dog. I heard somebody who said he spends, he spent thousands of dollars training his dog. I said, hey! Hey! Thousands of dollars 
give me those thousands of dollars now. I have enough television ministry to do. I have enough radio ministry to do. Even before my givings, my charitable givings, there's still so much to do. You know, the funny thing is that materialism blinds your eyes to what to do. What most of us call prosperity is not prosperity, it's actually materialism. Prosperity keeps your eyes open on what to do. The reason why prosperity co- brings a continuous flow of the, of the supernatural is that it keeps opening your eyes on what to do. We did a theory uh, 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 on, on uh, uh, grace to prosper. We understood prosperity is basically about virtues. And the virtues keep making you grow in the Lord. And so when resources come into your hand, they make you, the virtues make you more like Christ. And it keeps rolling out, rolling out, rolling out. So those kind of issues were the issues that the church began to have. And some who said they came to solve the problem, they started creating another problem. They started creating another problem. Why? Because they didn't understand that the solution to extreme is not extreme, it's balance. So Jesus is both the wisdom and the power of God. Why? Jesus is the balance. That's why when Jesus is revealed, the Jew will see what he's looking for. The Greek will also see what he's what? looking for. Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent for this word and healed them and delivered them. That's why we at our meetings are teaching, preaching and healing services. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. When, when we reveal him, you don't need, I don't need to do a special prayer for you. As I'm revealing him, the power of God is at work in your life. Miracles are happening. I don't need to have a special pre, uh, miracle meeting before miracles happen. Yes, sometimes we do that because of the demands, but the revelation of Christ is the what? The balance we need. So people who have a challenge with God, what is their challenge? There are some things you say about God that is idle talk. Those category of people, they need the revelation of the all-inclusive Christ. And that was the purpose of the resurrection. For those category of people, to be able to have the revelation of the all-inclusive Christ. The comprehensive Christ. The integrated Christ. Are we together? And so long as it is idle talk to them, so long as it is nonsense to them, so long as it is folk tales to them, you discover that they will not believe. The Bible says, and they believe them not. We're talking about the 11. See, we're not dealing with unbelievers here. This resurrection first is for us in the church. One of the problems we have done is that when, we say, when, we're talking, when we're talking about the resurrection power, all we think of is the world outside. The resurrection power is risen, so we'll go and win the souls. My brother, Jesus first showed himself to his people before they, they, they went out to start what? Talking. And that's what the Bible says. That he didn't even show himself. He only showed himself to the 500. To those who believed in. Those who didn't believe in, he didn't show himself to them. Christ is revealed to the church so that the church can go out and reveal him. But the problem is that we want to go and reveal a Christ that we have not even seen. <laughs> the resurrection. I'm talking about when Jesus resurrected. 
The resurrection, when he was resurrected, he redeemed himself to the disciples. He redeemed himself to those who were with him and loved him. So they can go and be witnesses. But today, we are going to witness about a Christ that we have not seen. And that's our greatest challenge. The Bible says they, they, they saw it as, as nonsense, so they did not believe. So long as we still have a sect of people in the church that see a manifestation of God's power, that see a manifestation of God as nonsense, they will still be unbelievers, yet they are believers. And that's the challenge we have today in the church. You may not agree with it, but it doesn't make you the one who decides it finally. So long as it's on the basis of the New Testament, then you let God's power and God's act work the way he wills. And this one set of people that need to understand resurrection, those that call an operation of God nonsense. There are some, it's miracles they call nonsense. And there are some, it's teaching of the word they call nonsense. And so long as it is nonsense, one thing that is sure is that you will never believe it. Because the Bible says, and they believed not. We're talking about the level here. So we're using them as a type for the church today. These are people that stayed with Jesus for three and a half years. The church today are people that have stayed with Jesus and are still staying with him. And when you begin to say some things about the Lord, you notice that they don't believe. The moment somebody does not believe the operations of God, the word of God, the act of God, the love of God, that person has simply said it is what? Nonsense. It doesn't make sense. And the Bible says the preaching of the word is foolishness to them that perish. It is meant to be foolishness to them who perish. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Not to them who have been saved. To those who have been saved, everything about God is to make sense. Yes. The reason why we still have unbelieving believers in church is because they have refused to renew their mind to the supremacy, the almightiness of God. That God can do and undo and overdo. That God can do it the way he wants. And God can even do it the way you don't expect. And God can change your protocol. There are people that have looked at us and said, how can you say you have been preaching to your family alone for three years? Are you called? I ask you a question. Are you the caller? <laughs> are you the caller? When Joyce Mayer was doing home Bible study for how many years? Ten years. The people were told her, my sister, you see, women are not, are not meant to preach. So you are disobeying the word of God. That's why this your home Bible study is not prospering. My sister, you were not called. You were not called. See, I think you should better just go and be a secretary in the church where you were, you were a secretary before. My sister, you were not called. There are people once are told that you were not called. But today, some of the people, in fact, all the people, many of them who told that she was not called, the influence of her ministry in the nations of the earth today, can theirs be likened to it? We are not comparing. I get what I'm saying. So most of the time, when we see an operation of God that we do not understand, 
The next thing we do is to what? Tag it as what? Nonsense. When we see an operation of God that is too big for our mind to understand or too big for us to comprehend, the next thing we do is tag it as what? Nonsense. And let me tell you one truth. No one, I mean no one, has the right to tag anything the Lord is doing as nonsense. Why? Because his ways are past finding. And this is a category of people that God has come to, that the resurrection was sent to. Sometimes they look at some people and they cannot understand why God is taking them the way God is taking them. And some of them open their mouths and say things about these people. They look at some people and they don't understand why God is, is pruning them the way he's pruning them. And they say things about the people. Oh, well, I remember when a, 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 a man of God who is, more, who is so respected, when his son died, was it not last year, when his son died, somebody came out and said the funeral, I mean, some people have, they have, they have, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to describe them. I'll just leave it at that. He said the, the funeral of that man of God was, of his son, was not done rightly. And I was like, let your own son die. So you did right, his funeral, right? <laughs> it's another person's son's funeral that you're analyzing. Let's wait for your own son to die so that you do your own. <laughs> yeah, you do it well. And somebody even called this man of God a pharaoh. I say, ah, what? There's problem. I'm like, what's happening here? Where you don't understand the way God is operating with somebody, or you don't understand the way God is doing with so, uh, is, is God is doing His thing through somebody. Never you call it nonsense, because calling it nonsense means that you will never believe. God in that area. And let me tell you, what you don't believe, you cannot have. Yeah. What you don't believe, you cannot have. Yeah. Some people don't see the miraculous in Amish because they don't believe in the miraculous. Some people don't see um, um, the, 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 the revelation of God's word in their ministry because they don't believe in the revelation of God's word. And you don't blame God for what you don't have. You blame your belief system for what you don't have. This category of people are people that God caused the resurrection to happen. They're the fourth category. And we're going to be praying today. Any area of your life where you have called an act of God nonsense, I do talk, Lord, I repent. I repent. Because some people, they don't know, maybe it's just... Okay, I remember the story that... <laughs> Abu Jesus Suleiman spoke, uh, told us when he came to a country to minister, it was a, I think it was, um, it was a European country, is that not so? And I said, I arrived at the airport, people were coming to Nidal and greet him. And, and, and the lady was there and she was like, why didn't you need to greet him? He said, he's a man of God. He said, I don't understand. Man of God. I don't know what that means. I've never heard anything like that, man of God. Say, okay, so he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a Minister, okay, he preaches, okay, you mean he's a priest? So yeah, if you're talking about the priest, yes, I can understand he's a priest. But the man of God, I don't understand. Now, why should they be kneeling down for a priest? And he said he overheard her. He eavesdropped on what she was saying. 
and he looked at her. I think, whether I called her name or something, but he looked at her and he said, tomorrow, you will see something <laughs> that, will, that will shake you. And she, yeah, he told her she had married without children. Is that not so? And she was like, oh, whoa, whoa. What's this? What's this? What's this? And he said, okay, tomorrow you see something <laughs> that will shake you. He said he was in his hotel and he, he disconnected the intercom because he didn't want any disturbance. The next thing, somebody came to knock at his door. What's the matter? I didn't call anybody, so I don't need any disturbance. He said, man, so there's a lady downstairs that has been disturbing the whole reception that she wants to see. He said, okay, what's the problem? What does she want to see me for? And then he got her, he gave her an attention. And she said, um, I just, you know, at night I had some movement downstairs. And um, I went down to see, and I saw my mother holding my sanitary pad and sucking the blood in my sanitary pad. I said, yeah, I said. Yeah, so you mean my mother practices food? They say your mother, but your mother is a winch. But that was somebody that had called a man of God nonsense. The resurrection is for a particular class of people. I'm talking about the church now. Because these people were the 11, they were with the Lord. It's for a particular class of people. A people that have been with the Lord, they've been in church, but yet they still have some things about God that they call nonsense. Jesus resurrected the way he resurrected. The Father made him resurrect that way so he can make them understand. So they would not call it nonsense again and they would stop their unbelief. The Bible says, and when they were what? They didn't believe, but the next thing was that Peter stood up. Even with unbelief, the unbelief, that's why we love Peter. Because he said, Jesus, if that be you, bid me come. Hey, me, I know it's nonsense, but I still to try. Let me try first and see if this nonsense is actually nonsense. Let me go and use my two naked eyes to see. We don't believe. It's nonsense. But we take a step. Some of the times, some of us are just comfortable with it's nonsense and I don't believe. But even if you don't believe and it's nonsense, still take a step. Yeah. That's why I love Peter. Yeah. When the other disciples were looking at Jesus walking on the boat, to them it was not this, this is the ghost. This is a ghost. Peter said, it's a ghost, but Jesus... If it be you, bid me come. That spirit was what made Jesus say, come, you are Petros, Petra, the rock. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Peter, you are Petros. Peter, you are not an ordinary man. Yes, you may not be stable, but your instability has a daring nature. It dares the impossible. So anything that, that, makes, that does not make sense, that's what you try to dare. When other disciples were looking at the, the Jesus walking on the, on the water, it didn't make sense to them. They saw it was a ghost. Peter likes to dare the things that don't make sense. And he was the only disciple that walked on water. And now again, when it was not making sense again, he was still the first to walk out and say, let me go and check. That was why he had to pioneer the work. This is not about eloquence. He was an literary fisherman. It's not about eloquence. It's about the daring spirit of faith. So what is the solution to those who are with Jesus and yet his resurrection is still idle talk? The solution is a daring spirit of faith. Peter, it didn't make sense to him. The 11, it didn't make sense. But he still dared to step out. Let me go and see what these women are saying. 
a daring spirit of faith. Today, we need to pray and seek the church needs to cry unto God for the daring spirit of faith. Because there are many things we have called nonsense that is actually the sense we need in church today. There are many things we have called nonsense that are the solution to our generation. There are many things we have called nonsense that are the keys that we unlock doors in, this, in the times we live in. There are many things, oh, somebody called, somebody called praying in tongues. What did they call it? He called it what? Um, ranting or whatever. I don't know. Called it ranting. I was like, wow, wonderful. No wonder your life is ranting the way it's ranting. Because the thing you are calling nonsense, what would have arranged your brain? But your brain is not arranged because you are calling it nonsense. And see, there are sometimes, I remember the man who was, who was, a, was a Baptist and he, he had 10 years of his Baptist theological degree. He had spent thousands of dollars getting his Baptist theological degree and he criticized praying in tongues. Until one time he said, this thing, okay, let me go and let me remove my theological lens and pick other books on um, who have written other um, ministers who have written on these praying in tongues and he read books when he finished reading he carried the same bible that I was using to criticize it and he saw that man come I've just been theologically blind and he threw away that lens and sought for baptism of the Holy Ghost entered into a meeting and they, were, they, they made a circle around him and was like I see man this circle do they mean to am I a sinner and they were praying around, praying around, and, they, and he couldn't get the baptism. And at the point in time, the man of God said, stop. He said, you have to repent for um, um, blas um, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. In and he said, Lord, and he repented. He said, as he repented, instantly, boom! It has been the last, the, 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 the gentleman who we're ministering to the last week, that, that's one of the rare cases I've ever had. And by the spirit, I knew what his problem was. You are fighting it. It won't work. You want to understand what you are saying. So long as you have decided that it's your mind that will rule in prayer, it won't work. I said, this is the only solution. But you, can have to, you have to make that decision yourself. But we need men who, even though it doesn't make sense, will still dare in the spirit of faith. The solution to the resurrection that sounds like nonsense is a daring spirit of faith. Rise up on your feet this morning. We're going to be praying for as many who have not made Jesus a Lord and personal Savior. You want to make that decision. I encourage you to do it now because that's the first step. You are praying at this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died and resurrected from me. And on Calvary's tree, you shed your blood to take away my sins. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, because you choose me, I choose to serve and follow you the days of my life. With my heart, I believe that you died and resurrected for me. With my mouth, I confess you as my Lord and personal Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone who has made this prayer. Thank you for receiving them, the beloved. Thank you for granting them the grace to serve and follow the days of their life. Be glorified forever, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now, before we pray, I want to pray for everyone who is sick in their body. You have been sick in your body and you believe for you this healing thing is idle talk. That has been your limitation. That's why you have not gotten healed. For some other category, you believe that healing from the world is idle talk. For some others, you believe that healing by prayer in true distance is idle talk. For some others, you believe that until they lay hand, lay leg, lay feet, pour oil, pour different things on me, Pull cloth on me, I will not be healed. Healing just by prayers is idle talk. Healing just by releasing the word is idle talk. Whatever 
you have tagged as idle talk concerning the healing power of God. I want you to dare take a step of faith by the spirit of it. Walk out of it. See, even if, yes, to you, it's still, you can't just still comprehend it. It's still idle talk to you. But in the midst of the idle talk, take a step of faith. Just dare to believe. Let the spirit of faith move you. It moved Peter. It can move you. And let's pray together and believe God together. And I see miracles pop out. Put your left hand on where you are having a sickness or disease and raise up your right hand. And let's cause sicknesses and disease to the root now. In the name of Jesus, we cause sickness and diseases. We cause every manifestation of infirmity. We cause every manifestation of disease. We cause swellings. We cause tumors. We cause fibroids. We cause cancers. We cause diseases in the blood cells. We cause diseases in the nervous systems. We cause imbalances in the brain. We cause diseases in the large intestine. In the small intestine. I cause that inflammation in the liver. In the name of Jesus. We cause every form of discomfort. In the name of Jesus. We cause every form of retrogression. And we command it become progression. In the name of Jesus. We cause disorder. And we command it to be order. In the name of Jesus. We cast out the spirit of infirmity. In the name of Jesus. Every strange being. Living in anybody. We cast you out now in the name of Jesus. Every strange object occupying human bodies. Now get out in the name of Jesus. Every moving creature in bodies of of God's people. We cast you out now in the name of Jesus. We command healings. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet in the name of Jesus. We command miracles. Breakthroughs. Breaking forth. Signs and wonders. Open doors. We decree so. In the name of Jesus. We are praying one prayer. Lord, I receive the infilling and the baptism of the daring spirit of faith. That even if it is sounding like nonsense to me, I will still dare like Peter. Open your mouth and pray. Let some brother, Lord, I receive the baptism. Yay! The baptism and the infilling of the spirit of faith. The daring spirit of faith. That when even is an idol talk to me, I will still dare. I will still dare. Yay! The baptism. I receive the baptism. Fred baptism. Fred baptism. Beloved, thanks for listening to Grace Life Komi Podcast. We believe that you've been blessed via this episode. We request that you also remain connected to us via our other social media handles on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and YouTube. We are Grace Life Komi on all these platforms. Also, for more information about the ministry of Pastor Chimri and Funke Oahuna, kindly visit chimrioahunaministry.org. You can also send us your requests and testimonies via email today through chimdeoahunaministry at gmail.com. We are dedicated to feeding your spirit man with spiritual meals that we edify, equip, and engender your growth in the knowledge of God. 
Remain connected to Grace Life Kumi. God bless you. Jesus is Lord.